You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can win the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers, and you can find all of the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. Like us on Facebook, find us on iTunes, leave us a review, and you can always hit us up at the Locked On Packers fan hotline at 920-341-3775. Kevin Seifert from ESPN, who has covered the NFC North for many, many years, is on the program today. Longtime listeners will remember he was on the show the last time the Packers played the Vikings in uh, the opening matchup of the season right before the game in Minnesota, and uh, superstitious fans may not like to hear that, but Rogers, Aaron Rodgers is already hurt, and we found out a little bit more about that injury on Wednesday when he spoke at his locker. He said it is a knee sprain, which is what we all assumed it was, and we assume also that it is not an ACL. He would not be playing if it were an ACL, so the assumption is MCL. We don't, we don't need to make any of those assumptions because they don't really matter. At this point, what matters is, is, is Rodgers going to play on Sunday. And what Mike McCarthy said, and this is very important language, that Rodgers did not practice on Wednesday and that it was not a setback. Not a setback. What I told you earlier in the week, is he going to play? Well, why would he be cleared to return to the game and then not be cleared this Sunday, barring a setback? Given that we know there are no setbacks, or at least if you take Mike McCarthy at his word that there are no setbacks, then the fact that Aaron Rodgers isn't practicing shouldn't be a concern. And in fact, when he was asked about it, does he need to practice in order to play on Sunday? He said, no. In a word, no. So I think at this point, we should be operating under the assumption he is going to play against the Vikings. Now, we should also operate under the assumption that he is going to be limited. He said he he was sore after the game. That is to be expected. Um, You know, knee sprains are no joke. But they are the kind of thing that, you know, you can deal with if you can deal with the pain. Now, if you're the Packers, the question is is about can this heal? If he goes through rehab during the week and then plays during the game, is it something that can heal? Or would he be fighting it all week long? And we don't, we don't really know the answer to that because we don't know the exact injury. We don't really know the status of the injury. And so that makes it difficult for us to project at this point. Now, I don't think, frankly, that we need to do much projecting because – the Packers are going to give us the information. It seems like Rodgers is going to play. And that's the important part of all of this. Now, the, the other important injury information here is Devontae Adams did not practice on Wednesday, although that felt very much precautionary. He said he's going to play. 
and that it, it was more about just making sure his body was right. Oren Burks also returned to practice, and that is a, a very important piece for this week specifically because, and Ben, ben Fennell wrote about this for The Athletic, Green Bay on 63% of defensive snaps against the Bears played in either dime or dollar personnel defensively. That means six or seven even defensive backs. And that is an incredible figure. One of the reasons why the run defense struggled a little bit was because there were so many defensive backs on the field. Is Mike Patton going to go to that again? My, my guess would be that a lot of those dollar looks in particular with seven defensive backs on the field, those snaps with Jermaine Whitehead, those at the very least are going to be taken by Oren Burks. And I think more early down snaps will be taken by Oren Burks. Now they're going to play a lot of nickel. And it, being able to play Burks would mean being able to get a better rotation with your edge guys because remember, a lot of the nickel formations that Mike Patton wanted to play and wasn't able to get to because of this linebacker situation was with three true defensive linemen, Mo Welk, Kenny Clark, and Mike Daniels, and then an edge rusher. In this case, it was Mike Perry. And then two linebackers, Oren Burks and Blake Martinez. That is what he wants to play regularly. That is what he wants to be in nickel. You put in Jair Alexander on the field, and, and you're going to have a very stout but very uh, coverage-friendly defensive scheme. I don't think it would be crazy, and we talked about this yesterday with Courtney Cronin, very ESPN heavy week. Could Mike Patton play this this heavy defensive back scheme? And it's something I'll ask Kevin Seifert about as well. Can Mike Patton play this defensive back heavy scheme against Minnesota? And if he does, will the Vikings just run it? Because they struggled against the 49ers running the ball. Does that bode well for Green Bay saying, we're going to put these defensive backs on the field and we're going to trust our front four or our front five to make these plays in the run game and, and eat up the interior offensive line for the Minnesota Vikings. As Courtney told you yesterday, there are serious issues with that interior offensive line. And I just wanted to dovetail with that briefly. I got a text on the Lockdown Packers fan hotline from Adam in Kansas City. He said, I haven't heard you voice a ton of concern about the offensive line. How confident are you that Justin McCray and Brian, Brian Bulaga are going to be able to protect an already hobbled Aaron Rodgers? Adam from Kansas City, who is losing sleep over this. I appreciate that question, Adam. And Brian Bulaga really settled in against Khalil Mack as the game wore on. And Justin McCray really settled in against Akeem Hicks as the game wore on. And Green Bay went to a lot of that quick passing game, so it didn't matter as much. But remember, this, is, this was Justin McCray's first start opening night, Aaron Rodgers, and, and this is your job now. This is the hardest thing to simulate is real live game reps. And Justin McCray really is a first-time preferred starter. Brian Bulaga, coming off an ACL injury, only played precious few preseason snaps. It was going to take him a little bit of time to adjust to, by the way, Khalil Mack, who's one of the best pass rushers in football, one of the best edge players, period, in football. By the, by the second half, he was still playing well, and Khalil Mack 
wasn't on the field regularly because he wasn't, you know, in great football shape yet. But he was still handling all of the guys that they threw at Rodgers throughout the course of the second half. This offensive line, by the way, pro football focus, the grades were, there was some wonkiness in the grades, I thought. But ultimately, the offensive line got passing grades after a rough start. And I think that's fair. When you look at the first half, a lot of up and down performances. Brian Bulaga was outstanding from start to finish. Lane Taylor was very good. Corey Lindsley uncharacteristically struggled in game one. This is the thing, though. I know what these guys look like, and I know what they look like at their best, and I have no reason to believe that they won't be at their best. If Green Bay gets the performance that they got from this offensive line in the second half, I think they're going to be just fine. It is it is more about making sure all the guys that it seems like are going to play, Burks, Devontae Adams, and Aaron Rodgers, if those guys are playing, then the offensive line, who is healthy, that makes their job easier because Aaron makes their job easier. Devontae Adams makes their job easier because you can get the ball out to, to Devontae Adams on a slant, and he can take a six-yard slant for 60. He can take a little double-move sluggo route that's a 15-yard throw for 55. And so the offensive line can make life easier for these injured players and vice versa. And that's going to be critical in a matchup against a very good defensive front, one of the best defensive fronts in football, edge rushers, interior defensive linemen, and linebackers. Green Bay is going to need this offensive line. And, and I think if you look at the performance in the second half, especially pass blocking, they can build on that performance as they look toward week two. I mentioned that article by Ben Fennell on The Athletic. He diagrammed some of Pettin's blitz looks and some of the schemes that he deployed against the Bears. It's a really great uh, film review, but but not just film heavy. He gets into some points that he sees on film without you really having to, to dig into the X's and O's of it. And I think Ben does a really good job of making these things approachable at The Athletic. If you're not a member because you can't get this premium content if you're not a member. You should be, and you should be doing it through Locked on Packers because I'm going to give you a 40% discount. That's right. Less than $3 a month to get some of the best writing on the Green Bay Packers that you can find anywhere. Use the, the link, theathletic.com slash Packers to get 40% off your subscription. And when you sign up, you get a great t-shirt. This, look, I was talking to my mom Earlier today on the phone, and I was telling her, Mom, you got to sign up for The Athletic, and if for no other reason, then I know you love a t-shirt. I'm telling you, these t-shirts are great. And also great, the streamlined system that they bring to you. No pop-ups, no autoplay video, none of the none of the nonsense that you get on a lot of major websites, and you're still getting premium content. And you don't just get Packers content. You get college football content, college basketball, Brewers, Bucks, Badgers, but also all of the athletic sites from across the country, dozens of cities and growing. Why have you not already signed up? Go to theathletic.com slash Packers to get a 40% off discount today and be the most informed fan that you can be. All right, he is a national NFL writer for ESPN. You can follow him on Twitter at Seifert ESPN. That's S-E-I-F-E-R-T-E-S-P-N. Kevin, thanks for joining Locked on Packers. Thank you for having me, Peter. 
So uh, one of the the storylines, obviously, this week is probably the storyline is Aaron Rodgers' uh, injury situation. But another uh, emerging trend is the Minnesota Vikings cornerback injury situation already without Mackenzie Alexander for week one, uh, unsure of his situation for week two, Trey Wayne's ditto. Uh, what what is the the level of concern from the for the Vikings and their and their cornerbacks as they get set to face probably Aaron Rodgers in week two? Yeah, um, you know obviously you, you'd want to have everybody that you can uh, up and at it for an Aaron Rodgers Packers game, but if there and I hate to say it, but if there's one position probably on their entire team where they have uh, enough flexibility to lose a guy or even two, it's at cornerback. Um, they you know, obviously they drafted Mike Hughes number one overall uh, or number one uh, in the in their draft class last this year. Uh, he has played pretty well. Usually rookies don't play much, especially in the defensive backfield for Mike Zimmer, and he's pretty much immediately become the, uh, one of the top three guys. And he had a touchdown interception return for a touchdown against San Francisco, so that added some um, some depth. I think Waynes is going to be okay. Apparently, he's practicing. Um, for the most part this week and there's not a huge level of concern it was interesting when he uh dropped out the other day that they ended up using one of their backup safeties this real big uh kid javon curse um or excuse me jaron curse at uh at, at safety uh and they they, they put, he's normally a safety and they put him in a nickel and so that was uh that was interesting to see but overall um they have mike zimmer probably puts as much priority on depth of talent at cornerback and safety that he does at uh, as pass rushers uh, for his defensive scheme so they are pretty well stacked in the event that they lose a, a, a significant player or two it would be quite the story if they had javon curse playing cornerback <laughs> for them yeah I, uh, uh, i'm showing i'm showing my age yeah uh, and i do that with jermaine curse also um <laughs> I have him playing safety. I have him playing uh, wide receiver for the Seahawks and then the Jets. And I also had him way back when uh, playing for the Titans, the Oilers, Titans, whoever he started off with. So uh, obviously there was the um, Wednesday, there was the Players' Tribune piece that, that featured Xavier Rhodes saying some uh, pretty complimentary things about Aaron Rodgers. And there's some iconic moments that, that Rodgers has had against the Vikings in his career. Uh, as you watched Sunday night, you know, Mike McCarthy was asked about this. Were you surprised? And he said, nothing surprises me with Aaron. But but what was your reaction to what we saw on Sunday night? Um, I guess it was just a reminder to me, first of all, to never put a cap on any expectation you can have for him. Uh, you know, I, I try not to play, you know, doctor at home when you see a guy down or you see a, some body part get crumpled because, We've seen enough occasions where there's false alarms or a player, it's just a matter of pain and the pain doesn't bother him. Um, some cases there's painkillers involved. Uh, Aaron apparently said that's not, was not the case for him, but so I wouldn't say I was necessarily surprised that he could be on his back, uh, you know, appearing to be in pain during one moment and then an hour or so later back on the field, coming back from a, a big deficit. So, but in terms of, the, the skill and the level of throws that he made while hurt um, and the adjustments that he made uh, to avoid you know, really getting crumpled too much in the past, the Bears pass rush were pretty, uh, pretty next level. And, 
that's the part that you would say if you're going to have some kind of, as it turns out, a sprained knee and you're going to, you're going to play, then, then you're going to have to make a lot of adjustments and not many guys can do that. And it was a reminder that don't ever put it, uh, you know, don't ever cap your expectation for what he might be able to do. Uh, and not so much, and honestly, just athletically, but, but in terms of making the, the psychological uh, adjustments and the, and the, and the technique adjustments required. And also the other thing that I thought of a little bit was, you know, going back to the, the championship game, I think it was 2010 when they played, the Packers were at, at Soldier Field, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, excuse me, Jay Cutler you know, sprains his knee. Uh, it turns out it was, mm-hmm. it was at least a grade two, potentially a grade three MCL, which is a pretty significant injury. But, you know, he kind of just stays on the sidelines in the NFC Championship game. I'm actually surprised that parallel hasn't been drawn more. Um because Rodgers obviously came back against the Bears, the whole thing. But it, history is it is a long time ago, I guess, in the in the in the immediate scheme of things. But that was the other thing that popped in my old brain was uh, that we kind of went through a reversal of that with those same teams in a much more important game, objectively, and uh, and it wasn't the same outcome. And and Packer fans usually take any occasion to to drag Jay Cutler. Maybe they so are, I and think I, you're right. maybe they are, and I've missed it because there's a new social media. Uh, place that i don't know about or something but no i i hadn't heard as much of that as i thought maybe would would come up during this week no and and genuinely it hadn't even occurred to me so uh that is a great point maybe i'll be maybe i'll start a trend Go ahead. <laughs> all right we'll get back to kevin in just a second but before we do i want to tell you about mybookie.ag i tell you about this site basically every day because gambling is if it's not legal where you are it will be soon And mybookie.ag is the place to lay down some cash so you can win big. They have live in-game betting, a rewarding player perk system, the best in the business, frankly. And the fantasy aspect of this is great. You don't need to know that much about gambling to win money. Just decide the over-under on a player's fantasy points for that week. Too overvalued? Hit the under. You think someone is really going to hit it big this week? Take the over. It's that easy. And I will give you, much like with The Athletic, a promotional rate to help you get in on all the action at mybookie.ag. In fact, they will match dollar for dollar your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On to activate. Go to mybookie online, mybookie.ag, and use the promo code Locked On to get a dollar for dollar deposit bonus. MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Do you think, I mean, Everson Griffin um, had a quote about about getting the ball out quickly and what that means for a defense and, and that actually that would be his goal for an offense is that, you know, he would want them to be getting the ball out quickly because that means uh, they're not being able to take shots down the field. Um, do you think the, the Vikings are going to take a different kind of approach to defending Aaron Rodgers or are they going to, are they going to treat him as same old Aaron Rodgers? Do you think? I think that they'll, uh, you know, whether they admit it or not, they'll, they'll understand that whether they need to make adjustments or not, the adjustments the Packers likely are going to have to make um, is some level of, of quicker, you know, release, you know, three-step drops more. I think they use a more pistol, um, I mean, they've always used some pistol, but it seemed like they're in the second half against the Bears. Um, just I, and maybe it would change what the Vikings will expect. But 
um, in in terms of you know would they just sit back and and let him make those quick throws and then trying to try to stop the big plays possibly you know that I think to the to the Randall Cobb play which it was a downfield throw but it wasn't like a, a 40 yard downfield throw um, and he you know was able to make some stuff happen in the in the open field on his own I think the Vikings are a better tackling defense than the Bears um, so they'll have that advantage if they want to try to you know, give up the, just allow the, the short hitting quick plays, but the Packers do have some players who can, who can, uh, and Randall Cobb, even at his, you know, not being a young kid anymore can still, uh, can still make things dangerous in the open field after a short pass. And so we'll see if, um, if that becomes the adjustment or not, but I think it'll be more the Vi- what the Vikings are, you know, likely to zero in on in terms of an assumed game plan versus any defensive adjustments that they'll necessarily make off of that. Sure. One of the things Mike Pettin did against the Bears was say, we're going to play a bunch of defensive backs. We're going to treat your your backup running back, Terry Cohen, and your tight end, Trey Burton, as receivers. And we're going to basically dare you to run the ball. And we think our front can can hold up well enough. And we think we can get enough stops on early downs that when you need to pass, you won't be able to. And it, it after the first drive, that worked. Uh, if if Patton decides to take a somewhat similar tact against the Vikings, uh, do you think it, it can be effective, even if it's not as effective? And, and do you think that the Vikings would say, "Okay, cool, we're going to give Dalvin Cook the ball thirty times, and we still think we can beat you"? Um, I think they would like to do that. You know, um, the their offensive line is still really, much, you know, from some injuries and and other reasons is really probably the weakness the personnel weakness on their team um they have uh you know kirk cousins got you know had, there was some pressure on him in the game the other day there wasn't a ton of room for dalvin cook um especially early if they if uh, you know i know we always talk about you know pass first you know especially now pass first to set up the run versus vice versa but there's enough of old school uh, football and Mike Zimmer that if a team gives him the option of running a lot, uh, and those, that's what the numbers tell you to do, he'll do it. Um, so that, that is something to keep in mind. I, you know, I, I think their whole idea of, um, of you know, part of the idea of having, of signing, pursuing Kirk Cousins rather than just stay in the course with Case Keenum was to have an offense that could pass even when teams were expecting the pass. Um, but, I still think that if, if the Packers do what you talked about and the running game is open, they'd be more than happy to try to, um, to try to, uh, uh, to, to capitalize on that as much as possible. I mentioned that Players Tribune piece by Xavier Rhodes and, and Rogers has spoken glowingly about Mike Zimmer in the past. This is a, this is a rivalry that, you know, with John Randall and Brett Favre and then Chris Hovan and Brett Favre, there was, there was, there was no love lost in this rivalry for a long time. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't seem like we have that anymore. I, I miss it a little bit. Yeah. The Chris Hovan thing was always funny because he would just rage about, you know, Favre, hate this. I hate Favre. He's terrible. We're going to kill him and all this. And, and Brett, honestly, like maybe it got to him, maybe it didn't. But I remember when he was asked about it, he was, he was like, who? Who was, you know, he, he totally, it was totally like, I'm sure he knew Chris Hovan was, um, but it was, it was a completely uh, revealing and, and probably the best answer to give is that uh, there's this one, on one side, we have a hall of fame, a future hall of fame quarterback. On the other side, we have a defensive tackle who had a nice season as a rookie. And, uh, 
and it wasn't even it wasn't a two way. I don't even I didn't even consider that a two way rivalry. Um, and and it really didn't get that way to me uh, to be two way until Favre actually came to the Vikings, and then it felt pretty. I don't want to say nasty, but felt pretty intense. Um, now it does. It you know there's a, uh, the Vikings have had some success against the Packers, even when Aaron Rodgers has been healthy, and that's and that's um, uh, kind of probably taken some of the the anxiety that they had seemed to always feel going into go, going up against him or even going up against Favre in his heyday. Um, and now we just have, and this is really what I feel about most pro sports rivalries. It's a, it's a rivalry between fans, you know, like that, that I'm sure the fan, there's lots of Vikings fans who hate the Packers and plenty of Packers fans who hate the Vikings when they're not hating the bears. But you know, there's very few in the NFL and probably in all sports rivalries where the actual players or the coaches have abject uh, uh, disrespect for each other or, you know, anything else. Um, you know, I look at uh, Steelers, Bengals, you know, that, that is probably a legitimate rivalry where players on either side are trying, sometimes look like, and, and really are trying to hurt each other and coaches have no love loss and, and that sort of thing. But in terms of Vikings, uh, um, Packers really the only time I felt like there was a two-way rivalry between the actual people on the field was during those years when when Favre was in uh, Minnesota yeah I think you're right about that I, I do think that this rivalry could be sort of the more modern version of what Steelers Ravens was in their primes when it was like these two teams they do respect each other but they want to beat the hell out of each other they both had physical defenses and there was this it was not a clash of styles they were actually very similar this this feels much more like a clash of styles with the great defense against the great offense and Aaron Rodgers uh I think it could be the modern version of that and that would be I think that would be good for the NFL frankly because uh it could use more rivalries as we sit here, uh, you know, the, the final injury reports are not out. We, we, you know, they say Aaron Rodgers day by day. But, you know, I, th I think the expectation for now, at least, uh, should be that that he's going to play. So uh, handicap this for me. Um, you know, I, I, I just did my picks and I'll preview. We have to we have to we do picks in the middle of the week and they they once everybody gets them in, then we put them up on the site and I picked the Vikings. Um, and maybe it's just a strategic, uh, thing with, while I feel confident Aaron Rodgers is going to play, like, you know, these are two pretty good teams when he's healthy and it's pretty, it's a pretty close matchup when he's a hundred percent. Uh, the fact that it's at Lambeau obviously helps, but you know, I, I just feel like, um, there's enough of an adjustment that's going to have to be made by the Packers and enough created opportunities for the Vikings that if you had to have two close teams, um, and you need to, and somebody can, has some demonstrative edge, like I think that could give them, then that's the team that I pick. But, you know, they play the games for a reason. But when I, as I look ahead to this game, that's, that's my thought that, that the Packers are going to have some ground to make up given, uh, that it probably would have been a pretty, a pretty even matchup had Aaron been totally healthy. And that's going to give them a little bit of a, of a, you know, they're going to be looking up a little bit in terms of uh, disadvantage uh, until he gets it to full strength. And that's assuming he plays, which I am assuming. No, I think that's a, a totally reasonable way of looking at it. And and I would say that the the way I look at it is is not at all dissimilar. Uh, Kevin, I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, thanks for coming on Lockdown Packers. Sure thing. Thanks for having me, Peter.
I want to thank Kevin again for joining the show. Normally, I, I, I let guests plug where they are and what they do. And I just felt like if you're not already following Kevin, I, I don't know what to tell you. You should be following the writing that he does. You should be following him on Twitter, C for ESPN. I mean, come on. If you're, are you even a fan if you don't follow him? Come on. He has been he has been covering the NFC North for ESPN for a long time. One of the most venerable writers covering uh, this division and this team. So uh, get with the program if you're not already doing that. Just to clean up a little bit of the conversation we had. Uh, you know, Kevin mentioned that he, he's not concerned about the corners. Mackenzie Alexander practiced on Wednesday. Trey Waynes practiced on Wednesday. Neither were on the injury report. Now, it's worth pointing out that Mackenzie Alexander did miss the week one game and Waynes left the week one game with an injury. So, are they 100%? Who knows? But this secondary is getting healthier. I wrote for Acme Packing Company yesterday, however, that neither are great corners. And Mike Hughes was was picked on a little bit by Jimmy Garoppolo. I know that that Jimmy threw the pick six to to Mike Hughes, the rookie, but that was that was gift wrapped. Aaron Rodgers is not doing that. And and on the plays that he didn't get gift wrapped interceptions, he allowed some big plays. And so you know I think that's an area where Green Bay can attack. Xavier Rhodes is an awesome corner. He is outstanding, but he's going to have to cover Devontae Adams who is one of the most slippery route runners in the business. And I think what you're going to see is double moves. I think you're going to see the Packers try and scheme up ways to take advantage of the aggressiveness of these corners. And I also think that you're going to see a spread out offensive attack. Spread these guys out, make them declare their coverages, prevent the opportunities that they have to disguise where their blitzes are coming from, what schemes they're running, what the coverage is. And, and simplify things for Aaron Rodgers, who's not going to be able to play from under center. It's going to be pistol. It's going to be shotgun. I think mostly pistol. And there's a case to be made that's going to help. I wrote about it in the, in the piece about spreading this defense out. Aaron Rodgers has always been good when he gets the ball out quick. Now, he is maybe the best ever at extending plays and making throws outside the pocket, creating big plays down the field outside the pocket. Um, you know, there have been many seasons when he has had historic completion percentages and efficiencies outside the pocket, but keeping him inside the pocket, he's still really good. And uh, Green Bay is going to have to utilize that strength this week. And you hope another week of offensive line continuity will make this running game a little bit better. You hope they can use Ty Montgomery a little bit better in the passing game. I don't think there's a level of concern yet for Jimmy Graham and, and his contributions, but Again, this is not the week for him to go off. I think that that is coming. So a lot to get into still. We're going we're gonna to take your questions tomorrow. We're going to get some final discussions about the injury report. That'll come Friday afternoon, remember, because we have to wait for that injury report to come out. So we're going to find out if Warren Burks is going to play. Josh Jones probably not going to play. Uh, Devontae Adams, that injury is is not something that I think we need to worry about. And then we'll get a more definitive answer on Aaron Rodgers. Though they're they're playing coy about it. Don't take the bait. He's going to play. And, and that's, that's really all there is to it. In the meantime, AcmePackingCompany.com has all the latest updates. You can follow them on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. You can leave us a review on iTunes. You can give us a five-star rating. And if you're not going to do that, uh, you know, don't. Don't rate us. Uh, I appreciate that. And otherwise, 
there's only really one thing I ask of you, and it's the same thing I ask of you every day on this show, and that is to stay locked on Packers.